Be on every snap and have fun. And last, and most importantly, be physical. They got to do something. They got to do something. Put your shoes on tight. Welcome to Hard Edge Football Podcast. This is Hard Edge Football Coach Rich Rodriguez. And joining me, of course, is my broadcast partner, Raquel. What's happening? Uh, not a whole lot for me, but there is a whole lot going on in the sports world. And of course, it's March Madness in Jacksonville State. Our men's yeah, team got how in. How about the Jacksonville State Gamecocks uh, in the NCAA tournament playing the in state Auburn Tigers? And our coach, hey, boy, hey, Coach Harper. Is like 13 and 4 against Coach Pearl in the, back in their days at the Division II coaches. So I think our guys will give them a run. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. I know, you know, the college basketball is kind of making it back, a lot of interest in it. So it'll be a fun tournament. I love watching college basketball. And I think you're going to get a chance to go to the game on Friday, aren't you? Yeah, I got some friends, um, Jacksonville State friends that are going up there and then uh, to kind of check them out, give some support. And we'll, uh, we're going to make a presence up there known in Greenville, South Carolina, which, you know, you probably don't remember. But we've been through Greenville a few times back in the day when we oh, coached yeah. to Clemson. But it's going to be fun to get it up there. And for you guys over there in football, you guys have had a few spring practices go, a few in full pads. How's it been so far? What are your initial uh, thoughts on it? Good. We're about halfway through. I love the effort. Uh, I love the attitude. Uh, there's so many things scheme-wise and, and technique-wise we've got to teach and coach. And, and I think every coach in America that's going through spring practice is saying the same thing. But we've got to spend just as much time evaluating our guys, figuring out what we have. And and uh, we've got a lot of new players coming in. I think we got over 35 new players coming in, so we're trying to fit all the pieces together. But been really pleased with our spring practice. Love our coaching staff. Uh, love our support staff. And uh, I think the players uh, have bought in mm-hmm. um, to to what we're doing. And and uh, we still got about another seven or eight practices to go, and hopefully we'll have an semblance of an idea, Raquel, what exactly we have uh, by mid-April. And what's been a challenge this spring that you didn't necessarily anticipate going into uh, spring ball? Well, part of it is really nobody's fault is the challenge has been finding the time to practice with the class schedules. And we have guys, typically you'd have like a three to four hour block, uh, either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday to get your meeting and your practice in. Well, we couldn't find a a two hour block at any time. Mm for practice other than Tuesday and Thursday from seven to nine, and they're still missing a few guys. So we're not getting the whole team there. Uh, we didn't block it out. Um, and we're, ha- you know, we're scattering our meetings all over the place, but the kids have adjusted. Well, I think the staff has done a really good job of finding time to get some meeting times during the day and still have their lifting times. And that'll be corrected in the fall. In the fall, we'll have their class schedule set where we can have a block of time, but our guys have made it work. I was nervous. Like, well, we might not be able to get 15 practices in, but mm-hmm. uh, we're managing it. We're obviously practicing on Friday afternoons and Saturdays. You know, I don't usually like to go back to back, but we're getting it in. And of course, next week for Jacksonville State is spring break. So luckily, you were nice and gave him off a Friday. They got ten days right now. I am getting soft. This might be the soft edge podcast. I mean, we're we're uh, you guys have earned it. I figured their mind would probably be on spring break anyway. So we'll 
we'll practice early. Uh, they'll get 10 days when they come back. We'll have a meeting and then uh, get back to that Tuesday, Thursday schedule. So they're, they're excited. I think they need a break probably from us, and, <laughs> and we need a break from them. But uh, um, And I think we're coaches. They're going to give them a little written test, you know, maybe to keep their mind on football just a tad. Uh, but it'll be good to have them refreshed mm-hmm. uh, when they come back again, and it'll probably take a few days to, to reteach them what we already taught. But the, the break's coming at a good time. And so I know in the past you have moved spring ball a little bit earlier just in case if someone gets hurt during spring ball, they can have a little bit more time to get healed and healthy in the fall. But this time it's kind of fallen around the regular time of spring schedules. Was there any thought into that or basically just because of the transition you yeah, had to push good, it back a little question. bit? Yeah, good question. What I thought our guys needed and because our guys played a fall season because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, a, a fall season that was interrupted, then they had 11-game spring season. Think about that now. 11-game spring season Wild. followed by a regular season again last year. So really, really had no time last year playing two full seasons in the one calendar year. And so they needed the month of December off, which they had. Mm-hmm. And then I thought they, they, they've missed really a strength and conditioning program. So with our new strength staff, they, had, they got about six and a half weeks of a strength and conditioning program that they hadn't gotten in a year and a half. And that was really critical to get our guys some semblance of a base of some strength and, and conditioning. And then, obviously, we're going through a normal spring. And then they'll have a little bit of rest time in May and then go back at it in June. So the calendar felt right. I think, you know, we got some guys uh, a little healthier. Certainly, I think all the guys got stronger. And even them, if nothing else, they believe they're stronger because we're measuring all their their strength tests. And they had time to be in a strength program because they didn't have a spring season, which was really crazy a year ago. Well, we'll move to what is going on outside of Jacksonville, Alabama. First thing being Tom Brady out of a very right. short retirement. He's back. 45 years old <laughs> and still playing at the highest, highest of levels. Not just at the high level, the highest at the high levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our buddy, our friend Bruce Arians is sure as thrilled at, at Tampa Bay. And Bruce is still going strong. Mm-hmm. And I just love, you know, if you if you don't love Bruce Aarons, you don't love football coaches mm-hmm. or, or what they can appreciate what they do because he is as honest and as straightforward as they get. There's no filter mm-hmm. with B.A. He's going to tell you exactly. And that's he coaches that way, which is, which is um, you know, sometimes coaches don't, but he does. He'll tell you. He, he still coaches guys. He's telling them straight exactly how it is. And he's obviously had great success. And having Tom back, and they'll have other players want to come back because they know they're going to win with mm-hmm. that combination with B.A. and and uh, Tom Brady. So it's fun to watch. I'm glad. And, you know, he's not – that's where you're a guy that truly loves football. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have talked about that. I've, talked, I've been talking to our team about that old spring. You know, to play this game, uh, you can't just like it. Mm-hmm. you got to love it. And, you know, Tom Brady's not doing it for the money right now. Obviously, he could make probably just as much money more broadcasting, doing his own thing. But he loves football and he loves winning. So it's fun to see. And what is so interesting about him is that it's not that he's gotten worse. So he was not like into a forced retirement. He's still at the top of his game. Do you think that has to do with how he seems to be a very healthy person, how he takes care of his body. Do you think a lot goes to that? There is. I think there's something to that. I, I think it, it has each fit individual, but he, he's um, 
not totally unconventional in how he trains, but certainly unconventional compared to most other football players. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what he does with his own personal trainer, sure how he eats, but also his flexibility program. You know, you can see he's, he's uh, I guess for lack of a better word, he's pliable. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't get hit and get hurt, but uh, he's able to, to avoid a lot of sh- uh, big hits because he gets rid of the ball so quick. And he knows where the pressure's coming from, so that helps. But he's also uh, has a great uh, flexibility, pliability type of program and, and has got good core strength. So you know, what he's doing as a quarterback has worked for him. And mm-hmm. I'm sure other ones are wondering what it is. And let's get to a couple other major NFL quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has said he's coming back to Green Bay. What do you make of that? $50 million ain't bad or, yeah. or so for doing that. I mean, he's still – he's the same thing. How many years has he been playing? He's playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And he could kind of dictate his terms, and he should. You know, you've got to respect what he does as a football player. He wins games, mm-hmm. which is the first, you know, measurable. And, and he's very productive, mm-hmm. you know, on, on throwing and, and uh, leading a team. And so uh, he he's – He's coming back, and I, I think it's it's because he, he loves football, mm-hmm. and uh, that's good to see. And what do you make of the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos? I think Russell Wilson has been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL since he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was great at uh, NC State. He was great at Wisconsin, and he's been a star uh, since he's got into the league. And unconventionally, you know, he's not the biggest guy. They don't say he has the strongest arm, but he's a great deep ball thrower. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he rarely misses his mark on a deep beat ball. He's a tremendous leader. He's a competitive sucker now. And, again, you know, they, uh, the Seattle hasn't won as much as he did earlier in his career, but that's no fault of his own. So I think that's a, that's a big move for him, and uh, he'll win some games. And, of course, one of the other things going on right now is there's a lot of pro days happening at a bunch of different universities. What's your advice to coaches and players when they have these pro days? Yeah, the pro days are a stressful time for the athletes, for sure. For college coaches, you want to be able to be as open and as um, uh, you know friendly as you can to NFL scouts, coaches that are coming to visit you, your players that are going to participate in it. You know, give them a shirt that says, you know, um, you know, pro day, their name on it. Support them there while you're there with your coaches. Obviously, you want to be positive. You want to be honest with the, the scouts. You know, I always tell, you know, coaches, what do you say to the NFL scouts? I said, they're going to watch the film. They're going to know. Just be honest and open. You want to be as positive as you can. And if you could think of some positive traits that maybe don't show up, then obviously you want to give that to them. And uh, and for the players that, that are uh, interested in or wanting to do that, you know, you're going to put all the work in before that day gets there. That day gets there. Just relax. Be yourself. Be prepared. Not just physically. I say this all the time, Raquel. You know, physically running the 40, benching, running the drills, catching balls, throwing balls, kicking, punting, whatever. You know, that your physical part, you know you're going to work on that. But you also want to work on it mentally. Mm-hmm. So when they sit down and talk to you, whether it's a combine or, or at the um, – at your pro day, whatever, you're able to talk football with them. You could talk coverages and fronts and blitzes and in schemes and things to show them that you have some football knowledge. And if you've played some special teams, bring that up as well. You know, understand how you block on the punt team or cover on a kickoff. All those things from a, a mental football standpoint, you the, the uh, pro scouts won't know. And they may ask their college coach about it, but they may want to just get their own feel from it by sitting down with you. And mm-hmm. so part of our uh, our process as coaches is to be able to teach our guys football. 
I told our guys, every one of them should be able to, you know, by the time they're done finished playing with us, can get up on a blackboard and, and talk to a scout or a GM or a NFL coach about schemes and about answers to problems and things like that because the NFL wants smart football players. And part of our job is to teach that. So you get some of that in pro day, but – you know, go have some fun with it. Relax. Uh, it's a it's a day to be celebrated, but not to be overly nervous about because you've put in the work. And plus, too, I don't think I think we've seen plenty of players who maybe don't have their best pro day or best things at the combine, or maybe don't get drafted that high up and still have wonderful, terrific careers. <laughs> and, as mentioned, Tom Brady. Exactly. You see his pro day forty time and his pro day pitcher and. You know, it's been well documented, sixth round, what have you. You know, but he, you know, if they watch the film, and that's what they're going to do. I tell the guys, you could have a great pro day, and that'll help you a little bit. But before they do anything, they're going to watch the film, and they're going to watch it over and over and over again. So all these great 40 times, that's great. You know, that just kind of reaffirms what they saw on film. And we'll be right back after a short message from our sponsor. Hard Edge Football Podcast is sponsored by iPacket. iPacket takes the guesswork out of purchasing your next vehicle by putting all the important documentation in one place. Documents like the original window sticker, warranty information, new car brochure, and vehicle history report. Ask your local car dealer for an iPacket or visit www.ipacket.us to learn more. Now let's get to your coaching tip this week. First thing we're going to touch on is how do you disconnect from coaching when you have a busy, stressful day or week at the office or especially in season? How do you disconnect? Yeah, this is, uh, this is not just a coaching tip, Raquel. We're giving a tip to people for life. This is a life tip. <laughs> you know, tip. There you go. You know, no matter what you have, I think you have to have the ability to, whether it's mentally, physically, or hopefully both, to get away with, you know, from your work a little bit. And I, and I think it's through, a lot of times it's through exercise, taking a walk before work, taking a walk at lunchtime or getting on a, in uh, an exercise program. You know, I love the Stairmaster. Elliptical is good. You know, I think a Stairmaster is better than elliptical, but either, any form of exercise is good. It kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit. And there's a lot of times when you're on a, uh, on a treadmill or walking or on a, a Stairmaster elliptical, you're going to be able to think clearer with some stuff that'll help you in work. I think of a lot of ideas. I don't write it down because I'm just trying to survive <laughs> on the Stairmaster, but I do think of a lot of things while I'm on a Stairmaster as far as, oh, this could be something we added or since this is a tweak to practice or what have you. But And, it, and every head coach that's out there or any boss in any profession – all right, you want to give your workers a chance to work out uh, at lunchtime if they choose or before uh, work. Or if you can't do it then, folks, try to get a half hour, 45 minutes after work, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, not only for your health and well-being physically, but maybe just as important mentally, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to get that going. There's a lot of times like, you know, we uh, we're helping our guys all get a uh, membership to our beautiful rec center here. Mm-hmm. And all those young guys are going out and playing basketball mm-hmm. five on five or whatever. And and uh, I hear I've heard Alabama and Coach Saban used to do that all the time. He'd go out there and play noontime basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure if you was on his team, you better make sure you're you're. You're blo- you know, you're setting your picks and rebounding and boxing out. Yeah, but it's uh, and I used to do that when I was a young coach, and and uh, and even up at West Virginia, we'd go over to Coliseum and 
Oh, Garrett Ford, our academic counselor, he would be there and, and have about 10 seconds in the paint. We'd never call three seconds on him. And we, <laughs> we would play basketball at noontime three or four times a week and loved it. And who, do you, who on your current staff, your current football staff at Jacksonville State is – Probably the best basketball. Oh, the player. young guys. I haven't seen them all in a full game type mode. You know, the young uh, young receiver coach Ryan Garrett's got a little game. And believe it or not, our recruiting coordinator, Kirk Kennedy, has some game. He can shoot the ball. Uh, our uh, skill development guy, Thane, I guess, threw a thundering uh, windmill dunk down on <laughs> the guys the other day. I'm going to have to get it videoed. Um, so we, it's uh, those guys get after there. You know, I'd love to go out there and play, but I, I think those days are probably behind me. <laughs> And another coaching tip before we move on is how do you keep your guys aware of the down and distance when you're practicing in spring ball? Yeah, situational, Raquel. We always talk, every coach is talking about our guys got to be aware of the situation, got to be aware of what the down and distance is. Well, if you're going to say that, which is true, uh, you need to have a down and distance when you do your team periods in practice. You need to get the sticks out there, the first down markers. And if you don't have enough managers to hold them, have your injured guys hold it or get some volunteers or get some young kids that, that want to be around. But have when you're doing 707, when you're doing your team periods, have a first and 10, a third and six, a, have a situation where, you know, everybody knows the down and distance and that, you know, we have a deal when we get offense, we, when the offense unit gets a first down, everybody in offense signals the first down. When defense gets to a third down stop, they hold their fist up. So everybody's aware of the situation. And we take it one step further. I want everybody, not just the two units that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, offense against defense, maybe ones on ones. I want everybody to be ready. So it might be in the middle of a series, uh, first and 10 and second and 10 and third and five. It might be the third and five series where I just yell twos. And both twos have to come out there and be aware of, be ready to go within 20 seconds uh-huh. and be aware of the down and distance. That makes sure everybody is engaged and aware of the down and distance on every play in every practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell the guys, you're not spectators. Mm-hmm. They're players. And whether you're on the field or on the sideline, you're still a player. So you need to be aware what the situation is, the down and distance is. That we had. So we do that all the time. Plus, I have Big Dusty on a bullhorn yelling it out. And I know you're big on at practice, no one is sitting on the bench on the sideline. Is that right? No, I can't. Yeah, that, I can't. But even in scrimmages, you know, mm-hmm. we, when we have a spring game, we'll treat it like a game. Let them, you know, the, the guys that just came out can sit down and rest. But, but, but during practice, no, everybody is moving. What's under review this week is we are now hearing a little bit of some transfer portal camps because there are so many people in the transfer portal. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, taking our idea, Raquel, you know, we had (laughs) last year in Monroe, we had a transfer portal camp in the summer. Mm -hmm. And we had a few guys go and actually signed a few players out of it. And then we were very productive. And now... What I hear, watch. I knew some some somebody was going to take advantage of it, and now there's over a thousand some kids that are still out in the portal, and so they're going to have a camp smartly in the evaluation period in April, in May, one in Virginia, one in in uh, Nevada, and they'll have uh, kids there. I'm sure that are looking mm-hmm. to get a scholarship. And there'll be a, every college coach will be invited to it. And some teams are sending their whole staffs out here. Wow. And they'll work the kids out and you can sit there and watch them and evaluate them. And so it's a great idea. I mean, we already started doing that, but now have it during the April and May evaluation period. They'll get a bunch of coaches to attend it. And they're probably, I don't know if they're charging the kids. I don't know if they're charging. I don't think they're charging the kids, but they're probably getting some kind of sponsorship or something to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to allow to be able to put it on and, 
it'll be well attended and and they'll the good part about that though is they'll there'll be some kids that didn't have any offers or offers that they wanted mm-hmm. that'll get some from being out there and they'll mm-hmm. at least get to compete you'll get to see them compete for the scholarship or compete for the opportunity and that's a good thing and plus, like you said, last year you at ULM had a transfer portal camp, and it worked really well for you guys. You and guys we're going to have two. We're going to have two Jack State this summer. Mm-hmm. Two two transfer portal slash junior college slash post grad camp. Mm-hmm. So the best one to go to is that if you're listening out there. <laughs> uh, the the uh, but the uh, the other ones will be. I think they'll be well attended, and and I think we'll have a lot of ours as well. And before we close out our episode this week, we have to talk about one of your great friends who you guys kind of grew up in the business together, but coached different sports and is finally announcing his retirement. Coach Mike Carey retiring from West Virginia women's basketball after 21 years, 21 seasons. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, congratulations to Mike. Mike and I go way back. You know, Mike was a groomsman in my wedding. We played uh, softball together a bunch. We were both at Salem College. Um, at the same time, of course, I had to leave because they dropped football. <laughs> but then uh, I was at West Virginia when the women's opening came open, and, and the, the women's basketball program was was not in good shape, to say the least. I think they, gave, they got beat by 70 or something to, to UConn and was winning four or five games. And Mike took the job and just did an unbelievable job mm-hmm. building one of the best women's basketball programs in the country. And and it was fun after 21 years, I guess it is. He's he's calling it his retirement. He's got five grandkids to spend some time with and and uh, tickled to death. But I have a lot of Mike Carey stories. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, we might even have a video for our listeners to what well, you'll have to watch this yes. video. And I'll have to explain it here in a second. But, you know, everybody talks with some of your Mike Carey memories. And, and uh, we have so many, you know, from uh, playing softball together or, you know, some of the some of the good times we had. You know, playing golf or doing doing what we did, but you know, we played a lot of softball. And Jimbo was with us too, playing a lot of softball games. And Mike is a very good athlete. Um, even maybe not as good as he thinks. Maybe no, he is a very good <laughs> athlete and a great softball player. I mean, he he he'd hit a couple out every game, and and uh, so he would always get on on me because he teased me about my arm strength throwing the ball because I could field and I could run, and hit a little bit, and and all that, and. Um, and see, so every time he would play third base or first base, when he played third, I'd play second. And he'd play uh, first, I wanted to play short. And he was like, you don't have the arm strength to play uh, short. And I'm saying, it has nothing to do with arm strength, not like that. I don't want to be that close to you. If you're at third, I'll be at second. If you're at first, I want to be at short because I don't want to be anywhere near you because just about every other softball game, Raquel, we would play. Somebody from the other team would do something just slightly off, and Mike would want to throw his glove down and get in a brawl. <laughs> and he got in a few of them. And if I was close to him, I had to be the first guy there to either pull him off or get in the middle of it with him. And so, right. and it was always worse at third because if somebody hit the home run, they're jogging around there, mm-hmm. and Mike's that's going to piss Mike off. And as soon as he crossed third, he's going to say yeah. something. And then the gloves are down, and it's on on a slow pitch softball game in the middle of the summer. <laughs> So, uh, but my, but we had a lot of we had a lot of fun. Played a lot of softball games with some, with some good friends of ours. And then, uh, you know, we're gonna have to uh, share we'll have this. To, we'll have to share this video. We have to share this video. I got a video of a lot of basketball coaches will have like a treadmill right next to their to their practice gym. And then if somebody's you know not hustling or or they want to make a point, they'll. 
they'll put them on a treadmill for a couple minutes and they get back into the drill, right? Well, I guess Mike wanted to demonstrate how you get on the treadmill and, and exercise. Well, it didn't turn out exactly <laughs> like right. you would what you would like for your uh, your your players to see. And so, <laughs> check out this video of Mike Carey demonstrating the proper technique of being on a treadmill. Yeah, you'll have to check this one out. We have saved it; it's over ten years old, but we still have it on file, ready to go. I want I want to see what our listeners think about the technique that Mike Carey uses on that treadmill. <laughs> Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Hard Edge Football. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Hard Edge Football. We're also on Twitter at Hard Edge FB. That's where you can find all of our information and updates on episodes, along with updates with Jacksonville State Football. Yes, and a good shout out again to our sponsor, iPacket, our friends, the Astorg Motor Company, Paul Astorg, who's the best car dealer in the country. Uh, a dear friend, also a good friend with Coach Carey as well. I'm sure he could tell some stories um, with, with Coach Carey's. But thank for listening, folks. Please stay tuned to us. And, and uh, if you have, I know Raquel says this all the time, if you have any questions about the coaching profession, any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, uh, controversial or not, uh, we'd love to talk about it on Hard Edge Football. We hope you have a great rest of your week.